Oh, sir, I don't like it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to No Sir Pod. Carmen Morales here, your host, as always, bringing somebody that's going to talk about some shit they don't like. And today, I'm pretty excited about my guest. So much has happened recently. Mr. Brenton Biddlecombe, how are hello, you? Hello, hello. I'm good. So good to have you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I can't complain about anything. I got to tell him, I gotta tell him how, how great your eyes look right now, just because he's wearing this blue shirt and he's got the blue eyes. And man, it's a... Uh, it's it's like I'm looking into, a, you know the heart at the end of the Titanic that goes back into the ocean? You got a couple of those going on, kid. You look beautiful. Thank you. You look you look like you're glowing, almost as if you were pregnant or if something cool has happened recently. Uh, something cool <laughs> did happen recently. It is not a baby, I'll no, tell you that. Not yet. Someday, though. Someday, maybe. Yeah, I'm getting married this year, so. Oh, I my think, congratulations. Uh, thank you. How long did you guys date before you got? Uh, well, you know what's crazy? So I met her on Tinder. Oh my God! A and, Tinder success story. Yes, and wow. she moved in after a month of dating. Oh my God! Because she she didn't have a, you guys were like lesbians. her lease was up nice. and she was hanging out already and we mm-hmm. were looking for places and her budget she was like I can afford a thousand bucks and I'm like you're not gonna get anything in Hollywood for a thousand dollars. Nope. Like you're gonna be in a crack house. So <laughs> it's just like just move in you with me. You have to me. live in a crack pipe. You actually have exactly. To move into a pipe. But um, I met her parents moving her into my place. Oh, wow. Which, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky. And it's why I've stayed with her is, is not only is she great, her family's great. Like it could have been really uncomfortable, sure. but it wasn't. Yeah. They're awesome. So I'm really lucky. But yeah, I, I met her on Tinder. She was living in Woodland Hills and I just randomly had the right, like, uh, you were doing you know, like a James Frey the miles out there. thing. Like yeah. you had to, I'll, I'll go as far as 20 miles. And, and there she was met her in like the first week on the app and talked to her and matched and I don't know, just, it clicked. Wow, that's crazy! And after a month, you guys moved in together. Mm-hmm. Damn! And, and that was guys... five years ago. Wow, what's the thing you guys fight about the most? Probably. Um. Well, honestly, we didn't really ever fight until we got a dog. Really? Yeah. It wasn't until until we some... had something we had to care for, and we had our different <laughs> ideas about like it. like everything we we'd fight about that wasn't really fighting. It was just like. I think it should be like this, and you think it should be like this. Yeah, well, the big thing, and it's on my list, I made a list of things that bother me, Okay, is she puts the toilet paper roll on backwards. Okay, so are you an over guy or an under guy? You have to go over. It goes over. It goes over. You don't put it behind. It's not behind. You would be reaching farther. Yes, so she says Mm -hmm. the reason is her grandmother was OCD, and that's the way she always did it, and it was because it would prevent kids and pets from getting at it, but- it doesn't matter. They're going to get at it anyway. Yeah, it doesn't. And it just, it bothers me. It just looks so bad. It, it fucks with my head. It, you know and, how like you can tell is we're in hotels all the time, and guess yes. what? It's always fucking over. Yes. It's never under. And I looked into it, and the person who copyrighted, like, toilet paper, mm-hmm. like, if you Google the picture where it, it, it's like, this is how it goes, like, it's over. Over. So the guy who invented the thing made it over, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So, you know, it was just like, that's all we would bicker about. Once we got the dog and we had actual responsibilities, then it was like, oh my god, that's that's infuriating. You know, when you have an animal that's pissing and shitting everywhere and biting <laughs> you all the time, you start to get irritated with everything around you. 
Because <laughs> we yeah. were in an apartment, we didn't have a yard, and, and we were yeah. on the third floor, so it was just all this energy. Oh, yeah. And we you got guys her. were living a New York lifestyle in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was eight weeks old when we got her, so it was just like... Your girlfriend? No, no, no. <laughs> no, you guys, I'm not... Uh... You're not in the... Future. She's six now. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Thank God you got out of that whole fetal thing you had going on. <laughs> um... Okay, so you guys, so you got the only, the only, that's nice. I'm jealous of that. I fight a lot. I'm a big fighter. Mm-hmm. Mm, but I think that's, it's probably more me than. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely disagree, but mm-hmm. it's never anything really big. That's I mean, nice. I'm, I'm pretty chill. She's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. So, and we spend the perfect amount of time with each other where, you know, we're around each other a lot on like the weekends, but we work very different schedules. So she works at five in the morning. So oh, she's wow. up. Like I sometimes come home, go to bed for an hour, and she's waking up to go to work. So we kind of just cross paths during the week. Just two ships in a night. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it, it works. So then you guys don't get tired of each other. That's even better. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I'm not going to ask you what you don't like about her, but uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble. <laughs> so give me some stuff that you actually don't like. Um. God, well, I... So... Going down my list, okay. And this is another thing. I'll move it. I swear, I'll move it away from poop in a minute. <laughs> but so another poop related. Okay. This is another thing that really bothers me in the bathroom is people. And I trained her, so now she does it. Close the toilet seat. Oh, you're a close the seat guy. You have to close it. Okay. There's yeah. so much gross in there, and you're just leaving it open, and it's just seeping out. And oh, you, you think the- you close it when you flush it. Because otherwise, stuff is just spraying up into the air, and that's why oh, that they're like, "Don't." Oh, that poop flume thing they're exactly. always talking about. Mm-hmm. But but just just close it, and then no one has to be grossed out. You don't smell it; it's just there in its own little area. It's not seeping into the whole house. And the other thing is, then you don't have the uh, disagreement about, "Oh, you left the toilet seat up." It's equal. You want equality? Close it. Then everybody has to do something when they use it. It's compromise. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So keep it closed all the time. Yes. Yeah. And then last thing, I hate people that don't pick up after their dogs. And oh, the, yeah. And this is why. So my puppy, when we, we adopted her, she was a rescue. What kind? She, What's the uh, what do you got? We don't really know. Um, she's okay. like a mini golden retriever, but Aww. the shelter said she was a Pomeranian Spaniel, and she clearly isn't that. And they were like, she's <laughs> going to be 15 pounds. She's like 35 pounds. She's not going to shed at all. She sheds like crazy. <laughs> so we don't really know. They literally um, just said all the things that you were looking for back yes. to you, so you yeah, would take just, this dog. Please take the dog. <laughs> but um, she had Parvo What's before that? we got her, so it's basically like the worst thing that puppies can get. It's uh, this disease that just like screws up their immune systems, mm-hmm. and they get really sick, and they're throwing up, and they have diarrhea, and they become so weak that they just can't eat or drink anything, and they can't hold it down. Holy so shit. they get dehydrated. And is it like a blood thing? What is it? What's it called? I, I think it's just like a, a virus. Okay. And uh, most puppies like if you don't get it treated they die and it's really expensive to get it treated and she came from i guess a breeder and the breeder didn't want to treat them so he just dropped them off at at a vet and said you Mm -hmm. fix it i don't care and so she i think there were four in her litter one of them died and three of them made it but Mm -hmm. it screwed her up so her immune system is just like wrecked she's gotten every fungus and virus and bacteria that you can imagine for the first year we were going to the vet literally every week because she, she was, you know, she gets sick. And over time, we kind of figured out, oh, she has no immune system. So we have her, you know, she's still taking four pills a day. But I think the most she was taking was like 10 a day. 
just to kind of keep her level. Mm -hmm. And we found out she's allergic to everything. Like literally everything, all the food that we were feeding her. You got her, the most nerdiest dog yes. you humanly possible. Literally everything. So you know when dogs get sick, you're supposed to give them rice and, and like chicken broth? Yeah. She's allergic to rice. So she would get sick. We'd give her that thinking, okay, she maybe will feel better. And she'd get even, even more sicker. sicker. Yeah. So we finally figured out her food. And uh, with with allergies, it's like if, if I walk her outside and the wind blows the wrong kind of pollen, she's going to get diarrhea. That's just how it is. But the other thing is, and this is why I hate people that don't pick up after their dogs, if she smells the poop, like if I don't see her and she gets to it first, she might get sick depending on what's in the poop. So it's just not from just smelling it? just from smelling it. So it's not that wow. It's not that you're a lazy piece of shit for not picking it up. You are, you are absolutely, but you don't understand. Oh, so what it's doing to is making my dog sick. Exactly. Yeah. Be a courteous person. Well, I mean that's <laughs> that's common courtesy. Yeah. Most of the things that end up being a uh, and in everybody's list somewhere is common courtesy yeah. where it's just like things would be so much better if we weren't cunts. You exactly. know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't have that anymore mm -hmm. and, and I don't get it. Like I was watching, I was in a rabbit hole of TikTok videos mm -hmm. and I don't listen to metal music, but there was like, this video was put to this metal song and the lyrics, I swear to God, were just disrespect your, you know, your fucking territory or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's like, Why? <laughs> That's what, we, and it used to be. What was it like? Uh, you're a crazy bitch, and you're fucking so like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what used to be hard. Now it's like disrespect everything. Break shit. <laughs> and I think it's because things are the easiest they've ever been societally. Yeah, people <laughs> that's are just bored. Just, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's so easy to survive that like now it's just like all right. Well, now what? Yeah. What can I do? Uh, I don't fucking. Know. We are in the best time ever. <laughs> I know shit seems bad, but I mean, watch The Revenant and go, I would rather live in that time. You wouldn't want to. We're so lucky to live where we are now. Yeah. And when we are. Mm -hmm. What do you think is uh, is has gotten the most, is, is the easiest now as far as like in our hierarchy of needs, what do you think is like the easiest thing? Of food. Oh, yeah. I guess we're drowning in it, we're aren't drowning we? We're <laughs> drowning in it. I mean, I know there are parts of the world where they struggle to find food, and eventually, hopefully, we'll figure out how to get all of our excess food over to those people, but, I mean, I don't have to hunt for food. Yeah, I don't either. I use I use Postmates. I mm -hmm. get food brought to me. I use Instacart. You know Instacart? Oh, yeah, where somebody goes and buys your groceries I for haven't you? gone to the grocery in two years. <laughs> I just go on my phone, I put in my little list, and, then and it's another there in two hours. And then another brings you your... Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully a comedian you know. <laughs> I mean, it's convenience. I don't have to do shit. Yeah. Any of the skills that our ancestors had to evolve into to figure out, we don't have to do any of that. Do you think that's to a fault, though? Yeah, of course. Because if, if shit goes belly up, we're all screwed. Yeah, we can't really. <laughs> we're not going to be able to do anything. We don't have any of the skills. I mean, they don't even teach us to cook anymore. No. But I, I can cook. I actually, uh, I learned from my grandma. She ran a diner for couple of years in San Antonio and mm -hmm. she's always been like a really good cook. So I had kind of an interest in that and I, I watched her a lot and had her show me and she gave me all her recipes and mm -hmm. I'm a pretty good cook now. What's your favorite thing to make? Uh, I make a really good lasagna Ooh, and it's like okay. from scratch. Oh, nice. Do you make the pasta too? I don't make the pasta, but I took a, a class at Italy mm -hmm. and so I know how to make pasta. I just oh, cool. don't have the energy. It's also, yeah, I was going to say it's just it's, a big it's pain a in the <laughs> Which what kind of sauce do you go? You go meat sauce. You I like just, a meat sauce, yeah. yeah. Me too. But I like I like a like a ground beef with uh, like a good Italian sausage, mm -hmm. ground up and then mixed in. Yeah, 
I do uh, I do ground pork, ground beef, ground sausage. That's my meat. It's boy. intense. It is. It's a lot. It's pretty good though. Yeah. It's pretty good. That pork adds adds a nice little uh, nice little touch to it. Um. So do you, were you super tight with your grandmother? Yeah, I uh, still am. I see her. I, I mean, I don't get to see her as much as I used to, but um, I see her a couple times a year. If I'm doing shows back in Ohio and at Christmas, I'll go see her. Mm-hmm. Is but, that where most of your family still is? Yeah. Um, what part I've of got, Ohio? You know Cedar Point, Sandusky? Yeah. So little town right next to that Huron. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've got two brothers that live there, and then my parents, my grandma, and then I got another brother who just moved to Florida. He got a job with the Florida Panthers hockey team, so he literally just got there today. <laughs> They just okay. drove from Texas over to Florida. Oh, that that drive is brutal. Yeah, it took them about two and a half days, I think. Yeah, I'm, I've done the drive from uh, Ohio out to here twice. And how many is that? Probably like um, if a day you and a half? take if you go straight across, it was like two. But um, the one time I did it was during the winter, so I went down, and that took like three and a half days because you you avoid all the snow and everything. Yeah, it's just through, a way but, safer drive. But West Texas is a day just mm-hmm. in itself to drive across, and that's the worst state. Like, Texas is great. The cities are great, but West Texas, like, we were driving through these towns, and it was like a Domino's, a Verizon store, and a gas station. That was the whole town. It's like, how the fuck are there people out here? <laughs> yeah, where do you guys get your food yeah. at the Verizon store? And what happens if you if you live there and you get fired from the, your, like, you're not getting a reference <laughs> to go to the other two businesses to get a job. You just <laughs> fucked. Yeah, you just have to drive four hours to get to work exactly. every day. <laughs> but that was uh, that was a rough drive because it's just flat and it's just it's all boring. the same scenery and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's how you go nuts. Mm-hmm. Thank God for marijuana and music for me because that's what that's what knocks it. Yeah, knocks it out for me. Um, what else you got on your little list there? Uh, I want to talk about Uber drivers. Okay, I think it's great that you're you're preventing DUIs. Oh yeah. I think it's great that you're trying to earn extra income and you're trying to better your life and and you're meeting new people. But, but you should know that the rules of the road still apply to you and you can't just stop wherever you want in the <laughs> middle of the street to pick someone up. This whole city of Los Angeles is built on a grid. Make a fucking right and park in a spot along the side street where you're not blocking traffic and pick the person up there. Don't stop on sunset during rush hour and just because your oh, hazards are on. Oh, it's like cockeyed too. They like, think, yeah, they, they just cut across two lanes just anyways. Just because your hazards are on doesn't mean you get to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think people think their hazards are their get out of jail. Exactly. Like, yeah, That's I'm, not I'm, how I'm that works. I got my hazards on. That's not how that works. <laughs> And you know what? You can make a right and work your way around to get back to where you need to go. You don't have to cut across five lanes to get to the left turn lane. Just go around. Yeah. This whole city is a grid. (laughs) Well, there's some parts of it that don't make sense where it seems like they just paved paths. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, those are the trendier places. I don't go there. (laughs) I don't go to Silver Lake. Never been to Echo Park. I've lived here 10 years. I don't think I've ever been to Echo Park. I'm not. Really? Yeah, I don't go to the cool spots. I have my own little bubble, and I just live here. <laughs> How do you like you, you don't you don't ever like uh, you know seek out you don't want to not really no? no I guess you got everything you need right pretty much <laughs> I mean for the longest time I lived right on Sunset um, by the Guitar Center mm-hmm. it's
But I, I, I like certain things. I like uh, the Arclight movie theater. I like Amoeba, and mm-hmm. I like the Comedy Store. And mm-hmm. everything was literally walking distance from where I was, so I didn't need to go anywhere else. I don't like the beach. I don't really like. I don't drink coffee, so I don't go to like trendy coffee shops. I'm not really into art or photography that much. Mm-hmm. So I, I had the three things I like, and that was it. And I'm good. Comedy, music, and movies. The movies. That's it. That's it. No, oh, satiated. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you like the beach? Uh, I don't like the water. I have a, a really intense fear of drowning. Oh, I got, for real? Yeah, I got dropped in when I was like really little. Mm-hmm. And then I had nightmares for years where I just remember being like underwater and looking up and not being able to move. And I can swim. Like I lived on a lake most of my life and I can swim fine, but I just, I don't fuck with the water. It's like, I'm not going to drown if I'm not in it. So I'm just not going to go in it. Oh, yeah, because, well, then, once you're in it, that's also just, you're anxious as fuck. Yes. <laughs> the whole yeah, time. like, I don't, I don't enjoy so it at all. it's not relaxing. <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all, so I just don't go to the beach. And, I mean, I'm, I'm pasty white. I, I burn. I don't need to sit out in the sun. <laughs> I used to be tan. I was tan, like, I played baseball forever, and I was really tan, and, and it looked really good. And then I, I got a job working in a glow-in-the-dark putt-putt, so I was inside eight hours a day, five days a so week, under black lights. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> I couldn't go outside when it was like partly cloudy. It would just be too intense. Yeah. So I, I lost all that. But yeah, the beach, I've, I've maybe 10 years in January since I moved here and I've maybe been to the beach like five times. Wow. Yeah, man. Flor- As a Florida kid, we were at the beach all the time. It was yeah. uh, always in the water. My like my, I remember my grandmother had a had a pool and it was, I pretty much spent my entire summer in that pool, like every single day. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get me out of it. I'd be in there until I was pruny, and then they'd yell at me to go eat nope. dinner. Nope. <laughs> I hate I hate pools. I hate the water. <laughs> and I'm little, so people try to throw me in. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I've yeah. been thrown in a bunch. Yeah, that does suck. When you're like, uh, hey, just because you can lift me up doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Um, but then again, I think people get knocked in, too, when they're taller. <laughs> they just don't get lifted up and tossed. <laughs> um, yeah. It's tough being short. Yeah, I mean, more for you than me. People are way nicer to me about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 32 now, and I still feel like, and maybe it's in my head, but I still feel like people treat me more like I'm younger than I am. Like well, I'm you still also like a little. I I know, but you know, I I don't feel like I get that mutual respect of someone who's my age, or I don't get treated like a peer all the time just because. You know, even if I had a baby face, but I was taller, I think people would respect me a little more. You think it's like they're physically, like literally and phys- like physically looking down. So yes. they constantly think yes. that you're younger because yeah. of that. Because like of I that. feel like I've always been an underclassman with any group of people that I'm hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Even if they're younger than me, I still feel like I'm the, the little brother or the little kid hanging out. Yeah. I always get the little sister shit yeah. where it's just like, I'm fucking older than you. Shut yeah, the fuck we're up. We're in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. We're at the, yeah, we're in the same class, idiot, you know? It's super frustrating. <laughs> so, you know my background, um, but for those of you but that the don't know me, doesn't. I have been working in social media for many years. Um, I started with the Comedy Store social media in 2013, and I run All Things Comedy now and a bunch of other side accounts, and... For those listening, just to give you kind of a perspective, the Comedy Store was... Not what it is right now. 
it, when you came on. It was in we had a dire six, six person rule. Six people had to show up for the show to start. And so, it's normally ten for every other place in yeah. the country. And it was six because that's how bad they were doing. And literally, I because and I always attribute this whenever anybody wants to talk about the store is I was like the success of the store is three. There's three components that happened. Uh, it was you going over and allowing people to know what the fuck was going on at the mm-hmm. store. One, um, it was Adam being the talent coordinator, and uh, it was Rogan coming back. Yeah, and, and Eric, I would say, and Eric was a Eric a game as well too. was a huge part of that, and then just podcasts in general mm-hmm. becoming popular. Comedy being oversaturated on Netflix made people want to go out and see comedy. So then, when they see all these comics that they love talking about the store and their podcasts, that just became the thing. Like, oh, I have to go there. That's the destiny destination yeah so it was just like which was great because it is that place yeah it really is and it was just for a while was so abused and not treated it was very a well. dark place with a bad energy mm-hmm. and and you i know. can't tell you how many people i have to tell like i have to share like it's not like that like they're like no that place is and I was like, when was the last time you went? And they're like, you know, eight years ago. And I was like, well, yeah, that's why. Yeah, I was it like, it's a completely different place now. Turned about, started to turn about six and a half years ago. And then it really got good about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just been crazy ever since then. Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's uh, And it's definitely an, ex- an experience now. Like, because that's the other thing, too, with Los Angeles not being, it's not in comparison to a place like maybe New York or something that's like super rich in like this historical culture and all this other shit. Like, there's not as many, like, landmarks yeah. as far as Los Angeles goes. And I think the Comedy Store is a fucking landmark. For sure. Yeah. Um, even though it's, I think, isn't, isn't the Ice House older? Yeah, the Ice House is uh, turning 60 this year. Yeah. So it's technically the oldest comedy club in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but the store has crazy history and... Yeah. All these careers launch there. The Ice House has always been kind of like that road club that's still in L.A. Mm-hmm. So everyone's played there. Yeah. But the comedy store was like, if you wanted to be a star, you went there and you learned how to do comedy. It was like going to school for comedy. Yeah. And it, I mean, it still is to an extent. It is. And now with with it being as, as popular as it is, it's like now it can function as that place properly. Does yes. that make sense? Instead of one dude who's just a fucking mo- like monster putting up his friends. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And it n- not really giving a shit um, and embezzling money out of the company. Then it's also. Yes. Yeah. Now it's like now you can see a hierarchy, which is something that I really enjoy um, because you can literally you can see. It's almost like a visual representation of all of comedy, and you can see where you are in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's the background of... Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, they, they say that uh, the more time you spend on social media, the more depressed you are. Mm-hmm. I've had to spend time on it just because it, it's been my job for, you know, a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big problems with our society is now that everyone has a voice and a platform to speak, they just speak on whatever they want. Yeah. And it's like And often without thought. Yes. And and so, you know, I've had to for years I've had to delete comments and block people and, and it's just people say shit just to say shit to start stuff, to yeah. get attention. Um but the Out problem of boredom, like that shit we were talking about or- earlier. Well the problem is comedy is just considered one genre. It's just comedy. Like when you look at music and you break down music, there's all these subcategories and, and different kinds of music. And you know, if someone's a fan of jazz, they're not gonna go on listen to metal. Yeah. Exactly. Or go to a metal page and then start commenting, Oh, this is bullshit. Yeah, this this sucks. sucks. Yeah. But with comedy, 
if you put it in front of someone and you say, this is comedy, if it's not their type of comedy, then they're going to leave comments and they're going to go, this isn't comedy. This isn't funny. You know, right. and you see all this shit. Like, like there is an audience for Nanette and you look at it and what she did, like, it's, it's not my style of comedy, but what she did, she took this thing from pain and she created this incredible piece of art mm-hmm. that connected with people and people loved it and they gave it a lot of awards. But then you have these other people that don't understand like, oh, Nanette is just this kind of comedy. But since it's not what I like, well, then it's not comedy. She's not funny. But that's what's fucked up is like comics break comedy up into different subgenres. So why don't we just start doing that? Like, you know, absurdism. We kind of tried to with alt, with the alt scene. Yeah. But it never really, you know, because that's just one more genre. It's not like there, there's so many different kinds of comedy. Well, that's what I'm saying is like it then with with us talking about it on podcasts and stuff like that, I think people are more willing to accept like this is these are one liner people. This is absurdism. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is observational. This is a story like like I would I would call Bert a, sto- a storyteller. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I would call a Burr would be a ranter like those, those are all these subcategories. So it's like if you like a motherfucker screaming then I would recommend this, you know, like they aren't like Pandora already kind of does that for you in an algorithm, but we just don't use it verbiage wise or people don't. Um, I guess I think it's really just a lack of respect, to be honest with yeah. you, where it's just like, oh, it's just all I don't really like music. There's no music that you like at all. But then there's people like, I don't like comedy. It's like, okay, how? There's so you much. You do. Kind. You just haven't discovered what you like. Yeah. You just never listen to enough of it. Yeah. So, but it's just, it's so easy for people to just fuck, to just fucking, uh, ugh, that's not, that's not, and it's like, first of all, whoever is saying that usually doesn't know fuck all about comedy. And that's the thing. What happened to people just minding their own business? You don't have to react to everything that's in front of you. Yeah. You can just look at it and go, I don't like that. And you can keep that to yourself. But that's, that's because like with the the platform and the, the mic thing, it's like, it's enabling uh, narcissistic tendencies, even for people who aren't narcissistic. Yeah, it's making it's like and it, like making them want to be like that. Yeah. You know? But what people don't understand is, you know, they they see like say I put a clip up, and seven people go, "Oh, this is hilarious," and three people go, "Oh, this is fucking terrible," and they go, "Well, look at how many negative comments there are. You're not funny. You should you quit or whatever." But if there's a hundred million people. And that same, you know, three ratio. Exactly. 70 yeah. million people are fans of mine. Then you 70, know. 30, that's success. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, even 50, 50. I yeah. would say even if you only get 10% of the people that like you, but mm. it's a large audience. For sure. Well, because you only need what? 1%, I think, to be 1% of the United States population to like you. You just need a thousand fans. If you have a thousand real fans, and, and Dean Del Rey says this all the time, and it, I forget which band... He, he coined it from, but he says, if you have a thousand true fans, then they do all the, the legwork and spreading the word for you. And they're always going to sell out the shows just because they get all their friends to come. You just need those hardcore thousand people and you can build a whole career around that. I mean, Stanhope literally lived that life. Exactly. Like, that was like, there was still doing that. Yeah. He's still doing that. And now he, he doesn't, he doesn't even perform at clubs anymore. He just does, you know, whatever gig he wants. He'll, uh, he uses just an email blast. Yeah, you just get on the email list. Get on the email list, and he tells you, hey, I'm going to release the the shows on this day at this time, and then he does it, and they all sell out like immediately. doesn't matter where he is. But he has those hardcore fans, and those hardcore fans spread the word and go, you got to see Doug Stanhope. You got you to check this guy out. You have to. Yeah. 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 
It just seems so daunting, though. Like, like now that seems like it's not even true. I mean, it is, but it doesn't feel that way. Does that make sense? It's because, because we're, we're ex- drowning in content. We're exposed to too much content, and we're as artists, we're exposed to all the negativity that's coming at us. Like thirty years ago, if you were a comic that people, you, people hated, had to write down. You had to write it on a piece of paper. They had to get in front of your face that, or they had to mail it. Yeah, you had to get hate mail, and then you would have somebody who would pay somebody to go through the hate mail. Yeah, and get rid of all the hate. You didn't have to deal with all the, how much people how people felt about you negatively. But the thing that I noticed the most um, working for the store was whenever there was a really negative comment like the really 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 bad ones and i would click on their profile one it'd be private mm-hmm. and two they were living in a city where it's like you don't even have a comedy club within a hundred miles of you you clearly don't even go out to see comedy you don't know what you're talking about you're just doing this to be shitty mm-hmm. yeah where does where does uh where do you think that comes from the the doing just being a piece of shit on purpose again it's i think it's out of boredom because we have everything pretty much handed to us that we don't have to work. You it's know? almost like if you're emotionally bored with someone that you're dating, you pick a fight with them exactly. just to do something. Exactly. But we, we, you know, most of us work jobs and we do that, but are we really working the entire day? I mean, or I'm on my phone scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Of I'm not yeah. 100% focused all day. Even we're not, attorneys are doing yeah, that. But we're not living in a time where I have to wake up and I have to tend to the crops, and mm-hmm. I had to make sure this is right, and I had to do this to survive, and I had to make sure this gets done, and by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. You know, it's not like that anymore. Because it's yeah, it was usually like a 16-hour day of yeah. you doing all the things necessary for you to survive and keep your family alive, mm-hmm. and then it was just like, I got just enough time to put a baby in my wife and take a nap, exactly. and then start and then it all over again. the baby doesn't die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's just so strange, man. I don't like, because that's the other thing too, is like I I envy a lot of the um, like old school, like even the Rat Pack guys and stuff like that where, where everybody had eyes on them, but they still were able to have these secret lives and yeah. shit like that. That just seems like- It's it, impossible now. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't like, especially with like, like those athletes, you got to sign a contract to fucking athlete now and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, Jesus, man. Like, you can't even just be fun anymore. No. <laughs> no one's spontaneous. And and the other thing is, you just see how certain people get to live their lives mm-hmm. or how they're faking how they live their lives on social media, and I think it makes people angry. You get jealous. You get upset. That's why, you know, people or you are know more depressed. Mm-hmm. People are more depressed because they just scroll and they see. They see, you know, oh, why am I not on vacation? Why am I not driving that car? Why am I not dating that person? Mm-hmm. and it just makes them bitter and then they're leaving you know fuck you comments and 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 whatever and when they really should just you know turn off their phone for a minute yes and appreciate the the four cool things that they do have yeah i mean it'll put me out of a job but i'm not going to be upset <laughs> i'm not going to be upset the day that all this stuff just stops and people go we don't need phones anymore we don't need you know yeah instagram i don't think that's ever going to happen at this point probably not something drastic would have to happen I feel like uh, I think it's the illusion that it's fulfilling something, but it's really creating. It's carving a larger hole. Yeah, yeah. It's like doing. It's emotional cocaine. Oh yeah. You get the little rush, and you feel good for a second, and then you're just like, "Well, why don't I?" Where's more? Then, of this? then comes that shame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <Isn't> that <laughs> that seven a.m. fucking yeah. bloodshot eyes, self hating comes, starts kicking in. 
mean, I've, I've, I've stayed up too late on social media plenty of times. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's addictive. Yeah. But do you I think it's, it. it's effective you personally? You having to do it for work? Yeah, definitely. Because, um, I mean, you've seen me most of the time when I'm around. I have my phone out. Yeah. You're, but I'm, well, I'm, you're always I'm working. working. Yeah. I'm working, but I feel bad. I honestly feel bad that I have to be at least with my phone by me and I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody, but I'm also like, oh, I got to tweet this and oh, I got to respond to this. And, mm-hmm. you know, it sucks. It also sucks you having to do it for other people because you're not like a lot of times you spend so much time doing it for other people or, you know, for the store or whatever. Yeah. You don't even get to do your job for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now a little bit more. I have a little bit more freedom. So I've, I've tried to build up like my podcast and, and you know, my mm-hmm. accounts and everything. And, Why don't you plug it real quick since we're talking about it? Uh, it's called What's the Odds uh, with Steve Ranazizi and Lucas Hurl. It's a sports gambling podcast, but we bet on basically if there's a winner or a loser, it doesn't matter what it is, we'll bet on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like we just did the Oscars. We did uh, the New Hampshire primaries. We did uh, uh, the Grammys. We're doing a, a Bachelor fantasy pool right now so we, <laughs> we drafted our girls and we're competing right now um so we do everything but it's it's mainly sports gotcha do you have a favorite sports to bet on uh football nice and how's that worked out for you it is pretty lucrative is it yeah <laughs> pretty lucrative but i i don't bet like like straight like oh this team's gonna beat this team i don't bet that way i i do fantasy so like uh fantasy football i've, I've gotten into fantasy basketball um, and I, I bet on the players and the stats and the numbers. Oh, so you're like in it. You're yeah. like a sports nerd for yes. sure. Like yeah. you, okay. Cause there's people that like, like sports and then there's people that know sports. Well, I love sports, but yeah, I study the numbers, mm-hmm. matchups and, uh, the players. Why don't you tell everybody how that worked out? Uh, so I had been playing fantasy football for like seven years mm-hmm. and I'd never put money on it. And then we started the podcast about a year ago, year and a half ago. And uh, we were doing parlay bets, but that was just straight picking teams, and I'm not good at it. And mm-hmm. I, of course, out of the 10 weeks that we did it, I was the one that got the pick wrong. We each picked a game, mm-hmm. and eight of those 10 times, it was on me that we didn't win money. Oh, wow. <laughs> so just to try to have something to brag about or to re- redeem myself, mm-hmm. I started doing fantasy football on DraftKings and putting a little bit of money into it. And when I say a little, it's like, you know, $20 to buy in to pick a lineup. Okay. And I started doing it week four of this last season. And I didn't win anything the first week. Then the second week, I think I, I put in like 40 bucks and I made maybe 60. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited about that. And then the third week I did it, I came in first and I put in... $80, and I ended up making a little bit over a million. <laughs> Built four lineups. One of them came in first. And I had another one that came in, like, I don't know, the top 15000 but it was still 80 bucks. So it, like, covered. It covered the whole, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then since then, I won 10000 in December, and then this week, I'm having a really good week in basketball. Mm-hmm. I'd never played fantasy basketball before, by the way. I just took the system that I was using for football, and I shifted it into basketball, and... On Monday, I won thirteen hundred bucks on a thirty dollar buy in, and then yesterday I won twenty five thousand on a hundred buck buy in. Holy shit, yeah. dude! That's so, insane. Yeah. Wow. How? Um... <laughs> so if we can talk about another thing. I hate. I hate taxes. 
I don't know if you know this, but when you win in this country, if you win gambling money, <laughs> they don't like it when you there's win. There's no discounts. <laughs> doesn't matter if you bought a house. It doesn't matter if you get married. They take what they take, no matter what. That is fucking awful. I think that needs to change. Dude, that's some rich guy shit. Where they're like, we don't we don't want any get rich quick. Yeah, we don't want anybody like uh, like they, nobody wants a lottery winner. No. at their country club. No, you know what I mean. So I think that's what it is. Where they're like, okay, if, if somebody comes into a fuck ton of money, we're taking at least half. Yeah, <laughs> that is a hard check to write. Yeah, I would prefer it if they just gave me what was left. You know what I mean? Don't even let me see how much. Well, that's that's also so heart wrenching when you can see when you see the big number. Yeah, and how much you're like, oh, and then it's like, oh, that's, that's what I actually get. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. So that's in my head, when I win now, I just go, okay, cut it in half, and that's what you're taking. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not complaining. I mean, we're talking about almost a million and fifty thousand dollars on. I've probably spent maybe two thousand on the buy-ins. Yeah. <laughs> So that's quite a return on your yeah, investment. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'll I'll give you most people you know, that gamble never fix get a few roads on yeah. me and and you know get the kids some apples at the school. That's yeah. Fine. Name name a small park after exactly. me, like a dog park. You know, I'm just trying to help out. I'm doing my part. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what is what has changed? Do you think since you won a bunch of money? Uh, I did not, not a lot. I mean, honestly, we are recording this at my work right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still working a lot. I'm just not working as much. So I was able to, I was working two full-time jobs. Now I'm just working one full-time job and I'm able to travel more to do comedy. Hell yeah. Um, so it, it's given me that opportunity. And then, you know, I, I'd bought a house in July before that happened. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I was working my ass off because my mortgage is crazy high because I live in LA mm-hmm. and it took that pressure off me of, oh, I have to keep doing this because I felt trapped. Like, oh, I have to keep working the way I'm working. Yeah. Otherwise I could lose my house. And now it's like, okay, I can relax a little bit and I can focus more on what makes me happy because I know I have, my house. Yeah. Yeah, I have this kind of nest egg now mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm like not touching. I have the one thing I bought was a, a giant TV, but it was Black Friday sale. So I got a $4,200 TV for like 1900 bucks. Oh, hell yeah. That's nice. So how, that big, was how big was it? 82 inches. 82 is nice. I can't even hug it. That's how big it is. Yeah. It's, it's fucking nice. Did you get a Samsung? What'd you get? Uh, what did I get? I can pull it up. No, it's right. I don't it's know right. if that's not good. 82 inches is still fucking. But it's, it's really nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, I figured, you know, I. I want to watch football on an 82-inch television now. That's way better than what I had. I, my fiance bought me the one we had, and it's a very nice TV, and it's still in the office, and we still use it, but mm-hmm. the 82-inch, it's fucking crazy how big it is. <laughs> yeah, it's 82 fucking yeah. inches. It's bigger than you are and tall. <laughs> they're, they're, so the guys who brought it in, they had it, three guys that had to carry it in, and mm-hmm. the guy just looked at me like, this is a pretty big TV, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like I was an asshole, and then they had to hang it. and um. But this is crazy. I don't know if you heard uh, Sony is developing, and it should be out sometime this year. They're developing TV called The Wall, and it's going to be 219 inches. So it's literally just going to be... The size of a wall? Yes. It's going to be a small theater that you can put in your house. Is it just... I mean, isn't that basically what a projector it is? Yeah, but this is going to be like much... The quality is going to be much nicer and... Mm-hmm. You know, not the project. There's some pretty good projectors out there, but it's just if you want to be the asshole that has it, I don't even know how you'd bring that into your house. That's what I'm you'd saying. You'd have to cut a hole in your house to to get it in there. Also, you would have to have the the wall would have to be the size of the TV. Yeah, and basically. you couldn't put any furniture on it, right? And like, you would have to sit 
really far back. That's what I'm You'd saying. You'd have to have a big enough room for that. Yeah, because so even with the 82 inch, I think it's like four feet. Yeah, four or five we have feet. we have enough room that we're probably about six or seven feet back from it. Yeah, that's so it, perfect. That's fine. a sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like because my my dad has a small room and he got an 82 inch for Christmas and he um and I'm like this is too close yeah you're this is ridiculous but I mean it's not like TVs you know 10 years ago if you sat too close they would burn out your retinas I don't think it's like that anymore I think they've improved it so it isn't as harsh on your eyes mm -hmm. but still but still <laughs> that's crazy has anybody treated you different like has anybody asked you for money. Uh, not really. People, oh, that's good. people were really cool about it. Um, everyone was nice. Uh, honestly, if, if I hadn't won it at Steve's house, I wouldn't have even told anybody. I don't think so yeah. it's not something that you really need people to know. But since I was at his house, it's like, okay, everybody knows. So I'm just going to fucking ride this wave. And it kind of legitimizes the podcast since we are a sports betting podcast and mm -hmm. now we've won a million dollars. Yeah. Um, Plus, it was also nice to rub it in their face since you had Steve's had face. Yeah, I, I will go on the record and say I'm better at fantasy football than Steve Ranazizi. He sucks. And here's the thing: so he invited me over randomly, and uh, he had a bunch of comics over that we were having like a, a cookout and watching the games. And before I got there, he was telling all of them like, "Oh, he sucks at fantasy. Don't listen to anything he says. He thinks he's an expert. He doesn't know shit." And then I was. Uh, Watching, oh man, he's just sweetening this petty pot. You uh, got. <laughs> if I could have gotten a picture of his face when I told him I won, it was the most beautiful thing that would hang in museums. Just the <laughs> amount of anger and hatred in his eyes at his house where his children sleep. I won a million dollars. That's but, so sweet. Dude. But it was it was crazy because I was sitting on his couch, uh, me and my fiance, and we're watching the afternoon games. And the way it works is the contest is all the morning games and all the afternoon games. So mm -hmm. it's like 12 games going on at once. And, um, you know, you have all these players that are scoring points in different ways, gaining yards or catches or touchdowns or whatever. And so the people, the contestants are constantly changing places and moving up and down depending on who's doing what. And so I'm sitting on the couch and I just opened it up for the first time that day. And I showed my fiance, I was like, oh, look, I'm, I'm winning like 400 bucks. And she goes, oh, you got to go rub that in Steve's face. That's great. And then, you know, immediately it refreshes. I love that she's already on board with oh, yeah. being pattied back too. That's yeah. so great. So it refreshes. <laughs> I see why you like her. Yeah. But it refreshes and I jumped up to like 1250. And I was like, holy shit, look, it's 1250. She's like, yeah, you for sure got to go tell him. So he's out on his deck with everybody. They're at a table. It's like 10 feet away. I stand up. It jumps up to $40,000. <gasps> so I'm like... Now I'm numb. Yeah. And then I'm walking over to him 10 feet. By the time I get to him, I'm in third place at $100,000. Wow. So I show him and I go, hey, Steve, I think I'm going to win $100,000. And he goes, the fuck are you talking about? And he's looking at it. He's like, what is this? Because he didn't know what it was either. And he's like, this isn't real. And then everyone kind of was looking at it. And we're like, oh, we got to put, like, put this game on where he has this player. And I had um, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you're a Cowboys fan, right? I mean, I'm, or you're from Florida. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but I had Ezekiel Elliott, and this other guy had um, uh, Robbie Anderson, who played for the Jets. The Cowboys and the Jets were playing, so I had jumped up into first place. And at that point, it was like maybe two minutes left in the game, and based on who had what below us, like, oh, I'm the worst I could do is come in third. So, in um, third was 
multiple $100,000. $100, well, the, the drop off was first is a million, second is 200,000, and then third's 100,000. So it's a huge drop off. Yeah. Um, but I had, uh, it came down to my guy caught a 12 yard pass with like 50 seconds to go, and, and his team was winning, so they didn't need to throw the ball. So I just kind of ran the clock out mm-hmm. and, um, you know, everybody freaked out. And uh, that's, I've never done drugs, but that rush, like I couldn't, I didn't sleep that night. I couldn't come down from it. Yeah, of course. The high I got from that was just insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, that's like, <laughs> I think that's, that's the same kind of feeling like a Madison Square Garden set. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you're just afterwards, you're just it radiating. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. Wait, you've never done any drugs ever? Not one. Not one. Never smoked weed once. I've never done anything. I mean, the worst I've, I, Tylenol maybe. Like that's it. I just never, never did drugs. You do caffeine? No. No caffeine. I don't like soda. I don't like carbonation. So I don't do caffeine. I don't like coffee. Wow. Tried it when I was younger. Didn't like the taste. Just never developed a taste for it. If I do tea, I go decaf. That's insane. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. But no booze? I drink a little bit. Yeah. 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 I'm not like, I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> I'm not like a sober person that <laughs> fucked up their lives and now it's like, I don't do anything, but I, I'm happy. Well, it would be weirder if you'd never done anything at all. Like, but, but the thing is like- The reason sober people, it's like, oh, they tried it and they did. But so like, that's, I'm curious why. Why didn't you ever, why didn't it ever interest you? Well, two things. So I am a very shy person mm-hmm. and I moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was always the new person that had to meet people and, and kind of, you know, I was never really popular. So I- one, I didn't know who to get drugs from, even mm-hmm. if I'd wanted them. I just didn't know how that worked. Right. And then I started doing comedy when I was really young. I was 19 when I got up. And uh, so I couldn't drink. So I didn't develop like, I'm going to be one of those comics that drinks on stage and I use booze as kind of like a thing to grease the wheels. Yeah, and you didn't have that as more an comfortable. option. Mm-hmm. It was not an option. And then I saw what it did to a lot of people that that drank hard. Like I started in the, the Detroit scene and like there's... A lot of really good comics there, but there's some guys who would be way better if they didn't have this crippling alcoholism. Exactly. (laughs) But then the ones who got sober, (laughs) it was like watching the same comic over and over where they're just like, yeah, I'm sober now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. don't clap. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Like, I don't need to do 20 years of that and then write that that hour that everybody seems to have in their 40s. Yeah. So I I just never drank. And then it got to the point where, you know, obviously in comedy you're around people that are doing drugs and they offer. But it was like, I kind of like the way my mind is working. I don't know how I would react to something like that. If it could open me up to all this uh, another level, but it could also just change my motivation and change the way I see things and and, you know, I, I don't want to fuck with, I have good flow, I think. I like where I'm at and I don't want to, I don't want to adjust that. At gotcha. least not yet. Yeah. I think that would be like, if there was something that I, there is something to doing drugs when you're younger. Mm-hmm. So kind of, cause then it's like, you know, you, you don't really, you're not really thinking as much about the future. You don't yeah. think you're going to die, blah, blah, blah. All this other shit that happens. And, um, so I think that. If it doesn't get you when you're younger, I think most people then, once you get hit past a certain age, it's usually like, eh, I'll try heroin when I'm in my 70s. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, then it's, it's like, when I don't care, when I'm when I'm done. Exactly. When I've done enough, then I'll fuck with it exactly. if I feel like it. But if not, yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, winning a million dollars, I think, would definitely uh, 
that's at least close to what cocaine feels like. Probably. Mm-hmm. Or I think that like that's the same feeling that that pe- like like especially comics is the same kind of feeling you get on stage. They try to that's like a an attempt to synthetically uh, recreate you murdering on stage. Yeah. And it's never the same because you don't have the sh- the shame back end that uh, you don't get that from stand up. It's it just feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just feels fucking good. <laughs> and then. So you win a million dollars, and then mm-hmm. more good shit happens, even after that. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? You want to? What do you mean? <laughs> Comedically. <laughs> oh, we shot that. We shot that back in April. So oh, I have that a, was last yeah, year. Yeah, I have a TV okay. spot coming up, but we shot it in April, and then mm-hmm. um, we had the Comedy Central had like two or three shows already shot in the can that were the same kind of format, so we just got pushed. So, uh, yeah, my episode's airing. Almost a year from when you re- from re- when re- I filmed it. Yeah. yeah, wow. By the way, we're talking about Comedy Central's uh, Bill Burr pres- Bill Burr presents The Ringers. If you guys are interested in watching uh, some really rad comics, I mean, he did he that was he had a, did he have a hand in picking? He everybody? definitely did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, all things comedy produced it, and they uh, were going to shows and scouting people and and selecting people that they liked and. It's a lot of people who have been doing this. You know, they're not like known names. They're not like established. A lot of us, it's our first TV credit, but people who have been doing it like 10 years or yeah. plus. And, and it was people that uh, Bill wanted to give an opportunity to. Um, so Comedy Central had their list of people and then ATC had their list and Bill had his list and just kind of mashed them all together and kind of weeded out, you know, who he wanted and who he didn't. But Bill had final say on pretty much everybody. That's so awesome. In uh, in like, in the clips that are coming out are really good, and your mm-hmm. actual episode airs on February Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, the night everyone stays in to watch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> really lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> if think, anything, they're going to a comedy club to watch a female comedian because that exactly. is who always works on exactly. Valentine's Day. Well, my episodes with uh, <laughs> if uh, your listeners don't know her, they should look her up. Punky Johnson. She's also on the episode with me and she's fucking great she kills it i love punky her set's so good um <laughs> so it will be out uh, on comedy central valentine's day at 11 but it's also going to be on their app you can just find it on demand and that's probably where most people watch things now anyway yeah i definitely don't watch it live no i mean unless I'm i don't on have the road cable trip- yeah if unless i'm on the road and trapped in a hotel room like mm-hmm. if i flew a place and don't have a car that's the only time i watch television I don't even do that. I I stream everything. Mm-hmm. But my fiance works for Hulu, so I have Hulu and I just I live on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, you don't even fucking need it. No. Mm. Well, it is that time. It's time for gripe of the week where people send in some shit that they don't like and then we uh we go through them, we pick a favorite and then you pick out who wins. Okay. Who wins the gripe of the week? Um let's see. Tiffany on Rada's gripe of the week is people who reply all to company emails. And then Kristen Gilreath writes, um, yes, or who don't reply all with vital information everyone needs in it. And then it's forwarded. What? And it has to get forwarded to all of those fucks. Oh, and they like when they reply all and then they give you unnecessary information. I, that's happened we to have, me before. Yeah, we have that here a little bit. Yeah. We're <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Where it's, it gives you an option to reply all. And it's like if you're not responding to with information that needs every everybody needs to why would you reply all yeah 
Like that's the thing that I don't I don't get. No, I would just want to say respond to the one person that asked the thing that needs to know. Yes. Why does everybody need to be in on it? Well, I, I guess the only benefit of that is then thirty other people see that this person's been responded to, and mm-hmm. then that person isn't just getting thirty emails saying the same thing from thirty different people. Also, it's uh the other thirty people know what an idiot that one person yes. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, Tiffany adds, uh, also people that replied to an email to ask questions that were answered in the rem- then in the e- actual email that, that you're replying to. And, um, and then Kristen adds, in the same vein, the double standard that I need to read all emails urgently from my boss, but she clearly doesn't read any of mine. Asking in person and then via email with other people CC to put me on blast like I didn't give you all that information three days ago, bitch. Well, that sounds like somebody very specific she's upset with. <laughs> but that's what bosses do. Sounds that like a, literally what bosses do. Sounds like a good boss. <laughs> they sounds like they're delegating all of this shit that they, that they don't want to do. If I'm a boss, I'm going to make you look bad in front of everybody else so you don't become the boss. <laughs> that's how that works. I gotta, yeah, I got to keep my position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Garza's gripe of the week is people that call, then text, then call again if you don't answer. Bitch, I, obvi- bitch, I obviously don't want to talk to you. I mean, but you could also just respond and say no. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm busy. I'll I'll talk yeah. to you later. Yeah, you can give some kind of... You can stop that. That's actually on you. Yeah. I think that you need to fucking sack up or and say, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Block the number. Yeah, or block the number. Be real passive aggressive about it. Either way, you can make that stop. <laughs> Unless it's like his mom or something. <laughs> He's talking about his mom like that. Um, Joseph John's gripe of the week is I feel like half of my life has been spent at a gas station waiting for someone to count out change. I don't think I've had a lot of that. Have you had a lot of that? No. Use a credit card. Yeah, I don't know. I guess goes inside to pay for gas. I guess if you're at an Arco or something like that, that's like where you get a cheaper gas price if you're using I mean you're a millionaire now, so you probably don't have to worry about this. What is Arco? (laughs) It's a gas station. What is that? I have an app. They come by and they put it in. I have a driver. It's, it's very nice. I have Instagas where somebody. It's very comes nice, man. <laughs> Drives me around wherever I want to go. He just comes in, fills gas. Oh wait, don't you? You drive an electric car now, so you don't even need. Oh, I don't drive an electric car. <laughs> you know, you teleport. My bad. I'm just trying to figure with a I level fly of bridge. private. <laughs> no helicopter, please. No, please, not a helicopter. Uh, Matthew Malin Malin is people that weave in and out of rush hour traffic, pulling in front of you and then race ahead. Then at the at the at your exit, you're both waiting at the same exact light. I actually think that's sweet. That's sweet, sweet justice because you see somebody trying to be an asshole to get ahead. But they don't know they're an asshole because they don't see that it's you sitting behind them. Yeah. So if there was a way for them to realize, like, oh, I did all that shit for nothing. Yeah, and now it, I feel stupid. How that are they going to know justified. you're the marker? Yeah, yeah. To indicate the but fact I that do, they have progress. I do relate to that. I I fucking hate that when people swerve everywhere. But part I, of the reason LA traffic's so bad is because people just can't just just if you just stay in your lane, mm-hmm. then it just keeps moving. Oh, but what a everyone's meta- constantly. I mean, that, that's a metaphor for a lot of things. But <laughs> with traffic, if you just stay in your lane and you don't go over until you know you have to exit then it would be a lot better. But everyone's selfish and they have to go in and out like it's going to be faster for them and other people's time. It's basically I'm saying your time doesn't matter to me. I have no respect for your time. My time's more important. But just I, stay in your lane. I think the lane should be uh, divvied up based on 
the rate in which you are, are traveling. Like there's like a, you know, the stoned people will be in the far right. Mm-hmm. Those people who aren't in a rush to go anywhere. And then like on the far left is like people who are late for an audition, you well, know? Legally, like the, the lanes are split up that way and you're not supposed to go the speed limit in like the fast lane, but people just do it anyway. It's like the, the slowest person always ends up in the fast lane for whatever fucking reason. People are oblivious. I think that's the opposite of like the guy that's weaving in and out is with the person who thinks that they're the judge, yeah. like judge, jury, and executioner. Like I will stop you from speeding in this lane where it's like, okay, you're not a hero. Yeah. Actually, you're just creating more traffic if you could fucking move over. Um, here we go. John Gibson's gripe of the week is friends in quotation. Ooh, this sounds scandalous. Friends that tell me how great I am and how much they quote unquote love me, but have never once supported anything I have done in our over a decade of friendship. Damn. Well, what have you done, sir? (laughs) Well, he's a comedian. So Annie just opened a comedy club. Oh. So he's got some stuff going on, but, uh. So he's got a bunch of friends that won't come out to the club and, and enjoy a night of great comedy. Because they're selfish pieces of shit. Pretty much. Yeah, I think you just need better friends. Yeah. I think you need friends that like to go out more. Yes. <laughs> Stop <have> boring hanging... <laughs> friends. Stop hanging out with fucking introverts, dude. That's what it is. <laughs> have you had... Do you, have you, do you have uh, friends like that? That are like introverts that don't go out? No, no, no. That like, they're like, oh my God, I love you. I think it's so great. But they've never actually supported you in any way shape or form no i've actually been really i have very supportive friends mm-hmm. um but most of my friends now are all in show business so we're all out supporting each other anyway um but i mean i still have friends that i knew back in middle school that like i'm i have this uh this special coming out and and they're all posting about it and they're going everybody watch this and they're tagging people and um you know like the my local paper did a write-up on it Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. And I mean, it's a small town. So now, like, there's a, a Facebook page for Huron, Ohio, and someone that I don't even know posted in there, hey, we should figure out a bar and we should go have a watch party there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. But it's like small town mentality. Of course. Yeah. Well, you're representing their town. Like, yeah. I remember <laughs> at my high school, there was a, a like a plaque of Delta Burke. Like a shit went to my fucking <laughs> high school. Like that was their claim to fame or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe you'll get a plaque maybe. at your high school, dude. How That'd cool would crazy. that be? That would be crazy. Especially uh, if you didn't feel like you had a very poly, if you weren't popular very much in, in high school. No, I wasn't. Then it would be a really nice like fuck you and you know. Yeah. It would be Steve Renazizi's face all over yeah. again with $1 million. <laughs> um, here we go. Sammy Pis oh, I don't know how do you how do you say that last name? Uh Sammy Pisciata. Sammy Pisciata. Yeah. It's a it's an Italian as fuck looking last name. But his gripe of the week is when people write wash me, quote unquote, on a dirty car. Mind your own goddamn business. Have you ever heard a car that dirty? I mean, in Los Angeles specifically, no. it's very hard to keep a clean car because it takes like two days for it to be dirty again. Yeah. I can't remember. I think when I first moved here, I dropped so much fucking money at a car wash <laughs> just trying to keep my car clean. And now I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I'll just, I'll wash it after it's dirty. I do mine about once every six months. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't... um I remember being on the road and always seeing people writing shit on like semis and stuff like that in the dirt. But I don't know, like also 
anywhere they write that, you could just go to a gas station and squeegee it off with that little yeah. washy thing. But it is pretty bad. Like, like here is, you get so much dirt on your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to Joshua Tree and I came back and my car was a different color. <laughs> Just a night burnt sienna. Yeah. <laughs> you just look like a Crayola car driving. Yeah. Um, that's like a mild annoyance, though. I don't know. I don't know about fucking. Also, Sammy, wash your fucking car, dude. Yeah, man. Come on, get your shit together. Ramon Moledo, his gripe of the week is people listening to loud music in public, subjecting others to their poor taste in music. There's your winner. How invasive. <laughs> They're polluting my soundscape. Rude. Yes. Um, that's that's the winner right there yeah there's headphones there's wireless headphones there's so many options where you don't have to bother people and guess what they're very inexpensive yeah how much you get you get headphones now for like five bucks or something yeah or if you're on a flight you get them for I two have bucks really nice like um wireless noise canceling headphones that i got on amazon for like 65 bucks but they look like incredible they look like studio headphones yeah the biggest lie are the Beats headphones. Like I, uh, <laughs> yeah, they cost two dollars to make, and they cost yeah. for you to buy. It's like a thousand dollars for a two dollar pair of headphones. My friend, uh, who is a sound engineer, was like, "I I know all the parts that they're using, and they're all crap." Yeah, and people are literally just buying them because the brand. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's great marketing. It's an amazing. It's amazing marketing. But yeah, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't take phone calls on speakerphone in public, and you shouldn't be listening to music in public. Yeah, I have to visibly see your fucking, uh, what's your, th- like a thing, like if, when you're, like people who can't hear good. Uh, the uh, um, hearing aid. Yeah, I have to visibly see your hearing aid in order for you to be talking on speaker in public. Yes. I have to visibly see, yeah. you need an ailment in order for me to justify that kind of behavior because yeah. that's like... That's like a person who whose mom told them that they could do anything too many times. Do you know what I mean? Yes. In that, like, <laughs> you live in a bubble, but you respect that there are other people in that fucking bubble. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally that. To the point where I remember I was on a flyaway bus from uh, from LAX or something, and they kept, they said it over and over. They said it like three times, like not to, please don't. If you have, if you're gonna listen to music, please put headphones on. Please don't take calls. Da 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 da. And it still fucking happened. Yeah. I still heard. Yeah, people don't care. They don't give a shit. It's That's too brutal. bad. It's such a shame. Uh, well, so yeah, so you get it, Ramon Moledo. You get uh, gripe of the week for people listening to loud music in public, suggest subjecting others to their poor taste in music. What's the worst kind of music you heard in public? You think? God, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to to music in public. Yeah, if you hear um, it, you try to just tune it out. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the uh, the cars that have the insanely loud bass. Mm-hmm. I've sat in cars like that, and I, I don't know if you've ever been like, oh yeah, where your chest vibrates. I feel like you're having a heart attack. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I guess that's not a, a genre of music, but just <laughs> that loud of music and bass. Like I don't want to be sitting in my car and feeling your music. Yeah. Especially, like, we're just going to the corner store. Like, why? Do I, yeah. you know, why do I need to have this Maxwell experience every single time I get in? And I get it; it's because they spend so much money on the subwoofer. They want everybody to know how cool it is. Yes. But I think there's like I think we're kind of going away from that. Like I remember in the '90s, I was in so like '90s, early 2000s. There were so many fucking cars that was in that that was happening, and now yeah. it's just like people are like, nah. 
But I think it might be it's because because it's like a I think it's more of a younger person's mentality. Yes, but we also shamed all those people, and now most of them don't do it. <laughs> so if there are things that you don't like, just shame it enough, and hope that enough people also shame it, and it'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, tell everybody where to find you. Plug some stuff. Um, well, please follow and support All Things Comedy. Uh, the handles are at All Things Comedy. It's a network of comedians supporting comedians, and there's a lot of good stuff on there. And then my personal pages, I'm at BB Combs, B-B-C-O-M-B-E-S. And uh, when does this come out? It'll be next week. Next week. So go on Comedy Central's app and look up The Ringers and watch all those episodes. There's a lot of great comics on there. And yeah. I will be... Uh, touring with Polly Shore next week, um, February, I think. 21 or something? That's yeah, it's something like that. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where it's mm-hmm. around the 20. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be in Sacramento and San Francisco. So go to his website, pollyshore.com. We're doing the punchline. Hell yeah. And, uh, and get tickets, and I'll be on those shows with him. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Also, write a nice little review uh, on the iTunes for me. Would you do that? I would love that. Um, make sure you guys are all following on all the assorted social media at No Sir Pod, at The Funny Carmen, at BB Combs. That's B B C O M B S. B E S. B E S. Yes. C O M B E S. The E is silent. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Um, also you know thanks so much for listening I appreciate all of you Uh, I love you so fucking much I'll see you next week bye bye no sir I don't like it 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 what the fuck is the fucking matter are you stupid or what No, sir, I don't like it. 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 No